Hello, everybody, and welcome to Blackhawk by Johnny Nani in the night by Patrick Kamiski. Patrick, we are here to discuss the weekend that was Blackhawks hockey. Uh, two fruitful endeavors this weekend win 5 2 Islanders on Friday night, and then a 3 2 shootout win against Columbus today. Um, how was your weekend, man? Yeah, pretty good. I mean, a couple of surprising things out here. The Hawks come in, they take four points this weekend. I mean, who saw that coming? You know, every time you think they're dead and they just pull you back in. So, you know, a couple nice surprises to go along with a uh, pretty good weekend. So, you know, it's been hasn't been the greatest year in Chicago sports, but you know, the Hawks, they uh they you know, we talk about it all the time how they're just on this roller coaster and uh hey, we're up at one of the peaks right now and you just got to enjoy them when they come. Yeah, that's definitely a running theme. I was actually just going to bring that up if you didn't say it, so you took the words right out of my mouth. But yeah, definitely a roller coaster uh, on the rise. Hopefully they can continue that rise uh, to close out this year here. But uh, let's talk about how this got started. So on, uh, you know, right before the break, um, I was at that game against the Devils. And I haven't been on the mic since uh, before that game. So I was there with one of my buddies who was home from out of town for Christmas, and that was just so embarrassing. Uh, they literally went to holiday break right after the uh first 20 minutes of that game. So uh, I'm glad the extra rest then that they got from the second and third period of that game carried over. Um, and they were able to take care of a really good team in the New York Islanders. Uh, they usually play a really structured game, Patrick. And then the biggest thing that I noticed in that one is seeing a Barry Trotz team just look so confused on the ice. Um, it, it was just great that the Hawks were able to uh, kind of create some chaos and take them out of their game. Yeah, no, that is weird because, you know, everyone always talks about it with Trotz. Like, you know, he just he completely transformed the Islanders last year when he came over. They just always play that disciplined hockey. And, you know, they're really strong in that defensive unit. And it just shows the type of potential that the Hawks do have on this team. You know, they're young. They have some speed to their game. They can play with skill. They can play a little hard nose if they need to. You know, it's just about actually doing it each and every night for 60 minutes. Some nights when they come out and they pull it all together, they can be a good team. It's just, you know, you see it against, a, you know, a good team like the Islanders. You know, they can come out and they can give them all sorts of fits. You know, it's just about doing this more consistently. And uh, so it's good to see. But, you know, again, you bring yourself back down to earth. It's like, are they going to do this night in and night out? So, but, you know, that Islanders game, you know, you see all the potential this team has. Yeah, definitely uh, encouraging signs there. So, uh, you know, I like how Robin Leonard said it way back earlier this year. He said, you know, like, watch out, we can be dangerous. And uh, we definitely saw that on Friday night in full display. And another thing that was kind of impressive to me is it looked like a little bit of a ragtag lineup. I mean, there's just been injuries aplenty. Uh, we found out that Saad's going to be out another three weeks or so. Um, you know, Seabrook, DeHaan, obviously done for the season. No update on Shaw. Kajula still chugging along, uh, trying to get back, but not back yet. So, um, they had a lot of holes, you know, you got John Quinville starting in the wing on the first line. And I know they kind of switched, <laughs> you know, I know they kind of switched things up, but it's like, you know, that, shit, that's the second NHL game. And you get to play alongside Jonathan Taves there on um, the top line. So it, it was definitely impressive uh, guys that, you know, aren't your biggest name stepped up too, because there was no, uh, well, I guess Taves did have um, that one nice snipe, but you know, usually in a game like this, you told me the Hawks are going to win five, two, I would say that Patrick Kane's accounting for at least one of those goals, if not two. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, every now and again, we do get those Patrick Kane games. And that was, like you said, that's what makes it even more impressive is that that wasn't a Patrick Kane game. He wasn't the one out there, you know, 
making all the things happen. You know, all like you said, this little ragtag group of Blackhawks in a lineup that I think some people looked at those lines and were kind of like, what the hell is that? And yeah. they wanted to come at Colleton again. And, you know, it worked, I guess, every now and again. It's one of those things where you, he's probably got all 12 forwards names on the uh, on the magnets and he just throws them against the wall and hopes <laughs> that it works. And, uh, hey, it works. So good for him. But, yeah, you know, it's nice to see some of these uh, lesser names show up. You need that. So that that's always good to see. Yeah, so, uh, I mean, impressive. Uh, big shout-out to Dennis Gilbert uh, for scoring his first NHL goal, uh, really kind of making a name for himself here, stepping up uh, with especially all the injuries we've had to the blue line this year. So uh, that is a surprise that I wasn't really expecting. I didn't know if Gilbert, you know, I honestly, if you asked me at the beginning of the season, I would have said he'd still be in Rockford at this point. But uh, finally making an impact. Obviously, he has been physically for a number, you know, probably two weeks now, but then uh, getting on the score sheet, and that's cool, you know, first NHL goal. Um, and then Dominic Kublik, uh, sneakily, he is the second leading goal scorer among rookies now. Uh, he got a uh, one. It was a nice little give and go with Kane through the middle of the ice. Uh, that was a second goal. And then uh, to bring it. Uh, capped off a three goal first period for the Blackhawks, uh, finally getting a shot uh, that, you know, kind of he beat the goalie up high and it was a quick release. So as the goalie raised his arm, it would have been sweet if it was a straight bar down shot. But either way, uh, ended up going top shelf after hitting off the uh, glove hand uh, of the goalie. So, um, Patrick, you, you know, another thing, though, that, that was all in the first period. And then there was no scoring in the second period. And I like how they weathered the storm in this game because possession and scoring chances and all that fairly even for the first uh, period. But then in the second period, the Islanders definitely put on a surge. And you could tell uh, Puck was in our end of the ice, but they made smart defensive plays, uh, didn't trap themselves in bad areas. And uh, I was really impressed that they were able to come out of that, uh, even though they didn't score in that period, to hold the Islanders at bay, keep that two-goal lead. And then the third period is where they, like you and I said, the Islanders looked discombobulated. That third really was the uh, definition of that. I mean, they were just scrambling all over. They were undisciplined, taking dumb penalties. Uh, Taser had that. That nice, you know, I love opening minute goals. He had that really nice snipe as he entered the zone uh, after a good takeaway and then uh, snipe top shelf. And then uh, Highmore gets one, you know, uh, just throwing it from the basically the goal line towards the front of the net. I know Zach Smith was there, but uh, then, you know, Highmore records his first of the season on that, um, you know, probably about two minutes later uh, after Taser. So, so um, other than that, you know, Sezikis got one late, but 5-2 and Robin Leonard gets a win against his former team. Um, I was highly satisfied with that result. Yeah, I mean, you'll love to see it. Like, it's just one of those things, you know, everyone kind of came together. You see Duncan Keith, like, he's not getting on the score sheet a whole lot uh, nowadays at this point in his career, but he even threw two assists in there. Um, you know, Kirby Doc was on, the, I believe he was on the ice for two of those goals. He didn't hit the stat sheet, but uh, he was out there. You know, it was just kind of everyone coming back together. And he, Talk about, like you said about Kubel, like he, he's sneaky been pretty good for this team. I don't think anyone really mm-hmm. expected a whole lot of them because we always get, it seems like uh, Stan always brings one of these guys in every year who's, you know, kind of a name you've never heard of, probably came from overseas. We'll throw him on Jonathan Taze's line and usually doesn't work. But, you know, to this point, it is kind of working with Kubelik. So that's nice to see. Um, it's a guy who is making a whole lot of money and you didn't expect a whole lot of them, but you're getting some solid um, progress out of him, which is great to see. I mean, you need it. Like this team is strapped. They need help. So, you know, you just have games like these and, you know, we, we talk about often about how this team can be embarrassing at times, but it's, it just goes back to that. Like you see him do this against the Islanders and it's, you know, we want more of that. And 
maybe they're figuring it out. They are a young team. I think I seen a stat the other day that they are this Blackhawks team is actually younger age average wise than the 2010 team that was, which shocked the hell out of me. So, you know, maybe maybe they just need a, a lot of extra time to figure it out. Maybe these maybe this is the type of weekend that can really get them rolling. Yeah, definitely. I really hope it is. And let's get to the second game of this weekend, Patrick. Uh, The one that happened this afternoon. uh, Blackhawks take care of the Columbus Blue Jackets out at Columbus. uh, 3-2 in a shootout. Robin Leonard finally getting a shootout win, Patrick. Thoughts on that? Well, you know, yeah, he had to go out and prove me as an idiot because I went to our group (laughs) chat as Tony um, is talking about, you know, as the Islanders score, just as time had already expired, you know, we're wondering, you know, is that goal going to count? And I being the smart ass that I am had the comment that it doesn't matter because Robin Leonard's about to take the shootout and, you know, those haven't gone well. We've lost all every single one of those. And Hey, he, uh, he goes out there, stops them and the, the Hawks went in the shootout. So, Hey, that, that can be a confidence booster for Leonard too, because there's no rhyme or reason. I know he talked about how there's certain things in the shootout that play against his weaknesses and none of his strengths. I think most of it's just mental. Like you're just going out there in a bad, bad mindset and you believe Mm -hmm. you're not going to stop that puck you probably won't so maybe this is something that could boost Leonard's confidence moving forward because I mean I think the shootout's stupid and I think a lot of people think the shootout's stupid I like watching Patrick Kane do those things but I don't think that it should be deciding hockey games but the fact of the matter is it does exist and it does you do end up in a shootout situation kind of often that extra point can be big when you're fighting for playoff your playoff lies, you you need to pick up some of these extra points. Robin Leonard's going to be in goal more often than not. He needs to, you know, take some of these points when he's in the shootout. Yeah, absolutely. I definitely like what you said about confidence booster and the problems kind of being, you know, kind of on a mental side. And then, you know, I think there's outside forces, too, that kind of press on that. The media obviously has to ask about that. Fans kind of get, you know, um, (laughs) you know, upset about it. And then, you know, he he takes social media and voices of displeasure, too. Like, remember when he uh, looked clueless in a couple of shootouts prior to this and he actually took the social media and said, you know, if anyone has, you know, uh, advice on how to fix this, you know, hit me up. We can talk about it, you know, stuff like that. So, you know, at least, you know, he's, he takes it with the, you know, on stride uh, is able to uh, finally get one under his belt here. And I definitely think it'll be a confidence booster going forward. So I was happy for that. But uh, talking about the events that led up to this uh, two first period goals for the Columbus Blue Jackets. And it wasn't that the Blackhawks played an extremely terrible period. It definitely was the worst of this game by their standards here. But um, it just kind of, you know, one of the shots, uh, Cuckoo's still in good position. Everybody's got their man kind of hits off of a leg um, that, you know, that's hockey uh, bounces. Sometimes they don't go your way. So that was the case there. Um, and then, uh, you know, second period, no goals, but the Blackhawks finally started to turn play around a little bit. Uh, kept the scoring chances and uh, shot attempts a little more even in that one. Um, but then the third period is where they really took over. Obviously, this is where uh, they had to come back, and they did just that. Dylan Strom out front. Patrick, I absolutely love redirect goals. They're one of my favorites. Jonathan Taves has made a point about them uh, all having a mentality and a willingness to go to the middle of the ice, screen the goalie, and get a stick on the puck uh, shot that comes from the point. So I, I was really happy to see that from Dylan Strom. Uh, that got him on the board. Uh, he got the wheels moving. And then uh, power play goal. You know, it, it, power play had looked terrible. I think they had one on three power plays before that, one shot only. And then Eric Gustafson comes through with a uh, shot that I do think it hit off of a Columbus defender. But, hey, good things happen when you get pucks to the net. 
Yeah, he's going to throw him that way. I want to go back to um, Columbus's second goal. You know, I know that old Gus Bus bail, you know, helped us out, tie that game up late. But Jesus Christ, Eric Gustafson, this is why we just have all these issues with him. Boy, mm-hmm. was that an adventure of, like, throw Eddie Olchek out there, but all you young hockey players, like, this is exactly, this is an accurate description of exactly what a defenseman should not do on the ice. So I get the puck yep. behind the net. I have plenty of time to send it around the boards and clear that thing out. Instead, I play it out in front of the net for no particular reason. There are two Columbus Blue Jackets <laughs> in front of the net. One of the, It goes right to one of them, and then the play prolongs. He has time to make up for it, and he just stands there. He doesn't try and check someone. He doesn't lay down on the ice to block the pass. His stick is up in the air. He's just watching, taking up room in the net, but you can tell he had zero interest in laying down and taking a puck off the body if it was coming his way and he just stands there and watches that play happen robin leonard's you know flying around the ice trying to do everything in his power to stop it and gustafson's just standing around best best seat of the show to watch the second goal go in for columbus like what the hell are you doing how did you make it to this point in your nhl career of being an nhl defenseman and that is and it'd be one thing if this was just something that he just did tonight and it was like wow what a mental error like no he does this type of shit yeah. all the time and it's like how how on earth at this point is he still I understand that Seabrook and Dahan are gone so someone's got to play but man why does it have to be him it is just it is brutal it is hard to watch it was almost funny it was almost hard to look at that and not laugh because it was that yeah. bad it was egregious I agree um and you know fortunately for you Patrick uh and obviously all of us that are subject to witnessing uh just such terrible defensive plays by him he likely will not be a Blackhawk pass this season so uh you can be thankful for I that with the contract coming out <laughs> no way they're going to be able to have the money to uh re-sign him and I don't think they'd want to throw it towards him if they did so um anyway moving on here I uh, thank you for covering that because uh that definitely was a bad error there uh on that second goal for Columbus but um, anyway you know they get back and uh, tie this game late with that power play goal that I had just talked about and then we go into overtime and they had a golden opportunity with the power play uh, weren't able to convert on it and then with about was 18 seconds left take a penalty of their own for too many men on the ice Uh, Kirby Doc kind of got you know interfered with on his way to the bench uh, and he wasn't able to get off in time by the time uh, pass came up to Patrick Kane uh, while they were about to enter the zone and uh, they were called and definitely some confusion at the end of uh, the game because Columbus had thought they'd won this thing and uh, they did not because on the uh, replay it had showed that the clock had run out and there were zeros on it before the puck had actually crossed uh, the line and found the back of the net. So um, th- that was a pretty crazy sequence. Uh, did you see John Tortorella's post-game press conference about that? John Tortorella lost his mind. And it was <laughs> it was hilarious. It's classic torts. Yeah, I mean, if you haven't seen it, definitely go and uh, find it. I think we put out a quote, yeah, we did, from uh, Four Feathers uh, on Twitter. So if you haven't seen the John Tortorella postgame press conference where he's reaming the officials, uh, go and watch that. But, um, hey, you know what? I'm glad we got that break. Um, Sure, the way he explained it, I definitely see as an argument uh, and a reasoning to be mad. But um, we need points right now, Patrick, uh, and we got them uh, into the shootout. Jonathan Taves uh, going five-hole is a tradition <laughs> unlike any other. 
um, Robin Leonard with a good save on the first shot that he faced. And then uh, Patrick Kane just putting on the moves and eventually came to his backhand, went top shelf after uh, Columbus's goalie um, had gotten injured on the first one. So they had their backup coming in cold off the bench. Um, I don't care if the starter is playing or the backup. Patrick Kane's goal probably still goes in. So yeah, Patrick's uh, law probably doesn't make that save. Yeah, that, that was just that nasty of a move. Uh, it's deceiving, super deceiving. So um, then Robin Leonard let up uh, the second attempt that he faced and uh he got a little help from the post on the final shot that he faced um but we'll best take friend. it we'll, we'll take it yeah goalie's best friend the post so um it, it was great to see is just you know like that sigh of relief in the crease uh in his celebration at the end there oh yeah that was total just like whew. it was the monkey off his back and you could just see it in his reaction where he's laying down the goal crease he's got both uh hands up in the air it's, you know it's good for him he he needed that one badly yeah, so uh, just one thing to note in this game, uh, they talked about it on the broadcast a little bit, but Alexander Nylander definitely fell into the doghouse today. 7-19 time on ice. I believe he took two shifts huh. in the second period, and I don't know if he took one at all during the third. I don't know the exact breakdown. I just have the total time on ice, but uh, the way they were talking about it, I do not think he actually took a shift there. So um, who knows? I mean, you can't really right now. I know everyone wants to say send him down. Uh, well, the guy that you probably would have called up for him, Philip Kershev, got injured in their game at uh, Rockford's game this afternoon. So um, not ideal. I don't really think you can send him down yet when, you know, Dylan Sakura's still being a healthy scratch and will choose to play Nylander over Sakura. Um, but th- that's just my thoughts on it. Uh, did, did your thoughts on uh, that situation with Nylander? Yeah, I, I have a couple. I have a couple thoughts. A, if if uh, if Dylan Sakura is your other option, you might as well just let Nylander sit on the end of the bench and just play eleven forwards, I guess. And you'd mentioned how Nylander is apparent is apparently in Colleton's doghouse. I think he's also in Pat Foley's doghouse. Oh, he definitely is. Like uh, it seems like it's every single game that <laughs> Pat Foley's just calling him out. He doesn't care. You know, there was that one in uh, I think I don't know if it was the second period or first period. Um no it was the second period. Um you know there's a puck along the boards and he's relatively close to it and he just he doesn't make a back check. He doesn't go for the puck. He doesn't do anything. He just skates right by him. And you just see Foley's out there like, and the puck goes around the boards. Didn't look like Nylander had too much interest in going after that one. <laughs> yeah, it's just all was... these sly little backhanded comments that Pat Foley makes about him all the time. And it's absolutely hilarious. He had the other one the other night too, where Nylander just egregiously dumped the puck, like literally six inches behind center ice rather than just take one more stride and it was icing and Pat Foley just reamed the living shit out of him. It's great. You know, someone needs to say it about him. Yeah, he'll be. I like the way that he words it. Like you had said, like he kind of like threw that one in like quickly, like in the flow of his game. But like you know, obviously there's stoppage at an icing, and he's like, he's like, oh come on, young man, and like you know, it's like kind of like you know, giving him like the uh, um, parental talk, something like that. Uh, it, it's pretty funny to hear fully go off. So um, yeah, honestly, he probably doesn't have confidence in Colleton to ream him out, so he'll just do it himself over Nat or uh, Chicago television. Yeah, I mean, we're all feeling it. Uh, I think Pat Foley just puts it into words for us. So um, you got any other final thoughts on this one before we move into the last Blackhawks game of the decade? Oh, wow. Yeah, that's make me a little emotional. It's the greatest decade of in Blackhawks history. But no, I mean, this was a good weekend. This is this is a pretty good way to 
close things out here in uh, 2019. You know, they needed them. They're actually, you know, I, I don't say it, but I mean, they're four points out of the playoffs. They got, mm-hmm. I think, three teams in between them. But hey, that's that's better than they were looking here a week ago or held two days ago. So, you know, good for them, but you know, you just got to let's, let's sustain it. Let's get, let's get on a roll. There's no reason this team can't get on a roll. I understand you're hurt, but you know, come together. You know, Taze was talking about it after that New Jersey one about or win horrible loss, you know, about how their effort was unacceptable. Well, you know, they responded these last two days, you know, just keep it rolling. Definitely want to keep it rolling. Um, and they will face the Calgary Flames. That'll be their next opportunity to do it. Uh, they are in Calgary for New Year's Eve. Uh, spend your New Year's Eve with the Blackhawks. I know I will be, Patrick. Uh, it's an 8 p.m. Central Time start. Um, the Flames were in action tonight. They fell to the Canucks by a score of 5-2. to two. They'd won their first game out of the holiday break against the Oilers. They whipped them 5-1, to one, but, uh, you know, kind of falling back on the wrong side of things. They were on a bit of a skid before the holidays, um, and then, uh, you know, came come out with the win, probably feeling good, and then, uh, you know, lost tonight. So um, probably going to see a bit of a pissed-off Flames team, I would guess. Yeah, you'd imagine so, um, but yeah, they're not exactly lighting the world on fire like you said. So, um, you know, that's I feel like Calgary is always a place where, you know, strange things happen when the Hawks are there. Um, so, you know, it'll be a little New Year's Eve in Canada. We'll see, hopefully, you know, we don't have some some of these Blackhawks games of past where they, you know, get tanked out in Canada and then they don't show up for the game. Yeah. <laughs> It is New Year's Eve after all, so we'll see what happens with that one. But yeah, I mean, it's it's a game that, I mean, we're getting to the point where you can kind of start talking about playoff positioning. We're pretty much at the halfway point, and you know the claims are the Flames are hanging on for dear life to that last wild card spot. That's where the Hawks are trying to get. So, you know, these are the games that they do matter. They mean a little more. It's one of those. It's it's too early to call it it, but you know, technically, it is one of those four point games. Yeah, absolutely. I'm totally with you, Patrick. I uh, definitely got to look where you are relative. Uh, we're getting there. Um, I think, you know, some people talk about not watching the standings and all that. Um, sure, whatever. The players, you want to do that, you know, you just focus on one game at a time, go for it. I'm looking at the standings every day. Um, you know, it, it's the goal. The goal is to make the playoffs. Uh, they're within striking distance. They can with a big run. Uh, I just want to see them sustain this thing. Um, I, I really think the, you know, we've gone on a couple mini ones. Like I believe there was that stretch in like mid November where they won four in a row and we're looking good, but I want to like see him go on a tear. I'm talking like a, you know, like six, seven and like one and one stretch. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. That's what they need it. They need it bad. Yeah. So uh, I just wanted you know, to see that materialize for the first time this year. I think, you know, Robin Leonard, he's gotten what now uh, he got. Obviously, the Islanders game playing his former team at the start again. And I, I would not be shocked if they go back to him again on uh, Tuesday night, especially since we had a day off in between uh, this next game. Uh, I wouldn't be shocked. You know, uh, he's been playing really well. The stats are better than Corey Crawford's overall. So um I could definitely see Robin Leonard net again for a third straight game to close this year out. Um We've got uh, on the flame side of things, uh, Matthew Kachuk, uh, guy's always a gamer. Uh, he can hurt you, he can score goals, and he can play nasty. So then uh, Sean Monahan's our second leading scorer, 31 points. Elias Lindholm uh, with 30, and Johnny Gaudreau, Johnny Hockey with 30 as well. So uh, they they have some playmakers, and um, I think that the Blackhawks can you know neutralize them. Though I think the biggest thing will be the distractions in the uh, you know day before a holiday game. Obviously, didn't go too well on uh, the day before Christmas Eve. Yeah, 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 no, and the Blackhawks have a history of kind of 
mailing in that uh, day before the holiday break, even when they were really good teams. So, you know, it happens every now and again. Maybe maybe they don't, you know, we're not entering like a holiday break here. So it's just, you know, it's another day on the calendar, I guess, for them. But, you know, you go in there, you you know, you do your business, then you can go out and have your fun, whatever, you know. So Yeah, exactly. They don't play back to back. No New Year's Day game this year, so they don't play again. They're just out in Canada again, uh Vancouver on Thursday night. So I'm with you. <laughs> do the partying after the game. Do it to celebrate a win. Yeah, usually we're prepping for a uh noon New Year's Day game that we're that we get our ass kicked in somewhere on a bad ice surface, perhaps outside. So a little different this year. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So um we're about done with this thing, Patrick. Hit me with your stick to click and then we can uh, close things out here. Uh, absolutely. Um yeah, I will go, you know, uh man. You know what? I'll go with Dominic Kubelik. We talked about it earlier about how he's looking pretty good s- s- thus far. I think he uh, continues rolling a little bit that down into Calgary or up into Calgary. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I like that one a lot. Uh, the, uh, the thing about Kubelik is he always seems to, even if he's not getting on the score sheet with assists or goals, he is always creating space, whether it be for himself, for teammates. He's helping dig out pucks, uh, uses his body efficiently. Uh, he can defend fairly well, so uh, I really like that pick. I can definitely see him getting on the score sheet again. So uh, I'm going to go with the cat, though. Uh, he scored on Friday night against uh, the Islanders, but I want to see him get hot because when you look at last year's season, we know what kind of player he he can be and he can be that type of sniper let's see that start to pick up here going into the second half of the season uh so i'm gonna roll with the cat yeah that'd be big we, he yeah it does seem like he he just needs to find himself out there a little bit more and get himself uh going on a nice run yeah absolutely so uh any last thoughts before uh we close this one out now yeah i mean as we talked about it earlier um I would imagine in the coming days, maybe the Hawks will be tweaking out some like decade recap stuff. Um, I, I look forward to maybe looking back over this decade. It was it was the greatest decade in franchise history. This team isn't where we'd like them to be at this point in time, but you know that that, that run from 2010 to even even in the 2017 was absolutely phenomenal. Years you shouldn't forget, and uh, you know the good things do have to come to an end. But you know. Maybe reminisce a little bit, you know. There's nothing wrong with that, and just uh, look back and uh, enjoy yourself a little bit. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I echo exactly what you just said. Um, let's get this W on uh, Tuesday night to close this year out right. So uh, let's close out how we always do, Patrick. Let's go Hawks. Let's go Hawks. <laughs> <laughs>